Welcome, everyone, to Lucky Episode 13 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell, and we're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on the podcast, we plan to talk about all things Lakeshore. On a regular basis, we're going to have special guests that we interview, occasionally even have a guest host. I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to subscribe to the podcast. Invite friends, neighbors, coworkers to subscribe, tune in, and listen to us as well. If you uh, miss it live, we're live every Wednesday at noon, but if you miss it live, you can catch it later. It'll be posted on our YouTube channel and other popular podcast platforms that you might use. I'm happy to welcome my guest today. He's a good friend of mine, Adam Caulfield. Adam, welcome. It's so good to have you here today. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want to thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, where you were born, where you're from, where you grew up, all those good things. Yeah. Uh, well, holy cow, I was born in Texas, but I may be the only Texan who doesn't claim it. Oh, so, really? Like, yeah, 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 that's okay. Um, uh, I've been in ministry for nearly 20 years and uh, uh, went to school, Auburn University, football season starting this weekend. So I'm Auburn, ready. oh no. Yeah. I'm ready. We'll you, be ready for that. You know, I'm a Bulldog fan. So. Uh, okay. That's true. Yeah, that's right. true. But we've lived in this area the last 11 years, um, moved here to work with Aspen Grove Christian Church uh, in Franklin, and uh, it's been a, a great season. It's been a great season. Yeah. So tell me again, how long have you been at Aspen Grove? So 11 years last week. Oh, right. 11 years last week. Well, congratulations. That's great. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I've had the uh, the joy of getting to know Adam. Uh, we get together on a fairly regular basis, uh, not as often as we like to, but we try to do that pretty regularly. And you've done a great job there at Aspen Grove. I just want to let everybody know how much I appreciate your faithfulness and consistency, the work that you've done there at Aspen Grove. You've done Thanks. a really good job there. Well, yeah. your mentorship and friendship have been a huge part of that for sure. So well, we get to share uh, a lot together, don't we? That's it's true. Good. That's yeah. true. I appreciate your your encouragement as well. Well, we want to take some time today to talk about some two things really that I know are very near and dear to you, uh, and and it's sure. a, a lot of it is connected to your family's involvement with this. I want you to tell us a little bit, first of all, about your family and your involvement with uh, adoption uh, in your family. For sure. So today we're going to talk about foster and adoption, which I two two categories I love to speak about. Um, my son, uh, we have a biological daughter who is 14, just started high school, uh, and we have a nine-year-old son who we adopted from Ethiopia. And uh, he landed in the States. Um, his gotcha day is uh, was... Um, when he was eight months old, when he was eight months old. So he's been here most of his life. Right. And uh, so obviously he is a different skin color than us. And yeah. he has the coolest hair in our family <laughs> and the coolest he dance has, moves. He actually even has hair. Right? That is true. That's <laughs> right. true. That's true. That's good. I'm sorry. I Move on. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, but we love adoption. Um, yeah. Lots of families at our church foster and adopt. It's uh, It's an area we're really passionate about for sure. Yeah, when it comes to the adoption process, I know that uh, I think uh, I read a statistic recently that said we do have more families waiting to adopt than we have children up for adoption in this country. But there are some segments of that, like eight different ages and things where there's more of a need, like for older kids, uh, especially uh, because a lot of people are wanting to adopt infants, perhaps. And maybe there's a greater need for older kids. What would you say in the adoption process here in the U.S.? Uh, you did one from some, another country. Sure. What was the biggest challenge or hurdles, you, uh, I think, maybe would be a good word, that you had to go jump over to get this process done? 
Sure. It, it's just a really long process. There's a lot of legal stuff that happens on both sides. And so having yeah. somebody that can walk you through that stuff, but it's also expensive. You know, it, yeah. it really is. It It's, yeah. there are adoptions that are essentially free or less expensive, but for ours, it was really expensive and there's a lot involved with that yeah. for sure. I think I remember maybe early in the process, you guys uh, had a fundraising uh, yeah, for thing sure. that you went through. And I've seen other families doing that as well because the cost was just so massive for some families. D depending on the situation, like you said, it can be really expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, there are some fundraising options. But I would love to see adoption become much more affordable in this country if we could have some reform that really helped with that process. It's one of those it's one of those interesting things. Like if you can't afford to adopt, there's tons of resources <laughs> available to you. Yeah. But if you, like my wife and I, we both work, we had salaries. And so it kind of priced us out of some of that extra assistance. Does it, so yeah. it's just one of those weird, right. yeah. I don't know if you've ever been caught in that weird yeah. place. It depends like, on where you hit. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I know that uh, there may be people listening that are interested in uh, adopting. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a little more about that. And because and these two things we're going to talk about today really do cross over, intersect a little bit. Uh, I think the greater need, the greater crisis right now in our country, though adoption is still a great need, is uh, foster care. And uh, I know you've got a real heart and passion for that. And your church has been very involved in that process yeah, as well. For sure. So tell us uh, a little bit more about uh, fostering as, uh, as an option for people, too. Sure. So I, I would say like connected with adoption, foster care is probably like the greatest crisis um, in our nation right now. And those are those are big words. And, I, and it, yeah. I know it's hard to see like you can't see it like you would see a, a hurricane or a tornado. But like the the number of kids in foster care is a big reason that this is a crisis. So I just looked at this, double checked it today. Uh, we have more than a half a million kids in the U.S. in foster care right now. Wow. Uh, we have 25,000 kids that will age out of the system. In Tennessee, we have 9,000 kids in foster care today. Wow. Um, in my area, in Williamson County, we have between 60 and 80 kids just in Williamson County that are always on the waiting list to be placed somewhere. 60 to 80? Mm -hmm. Every All the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. All the time, just in that county. Mm -hmm. Man, we have uh, one of our one of our foster parents. She's been a foster parent for a long time, um, so she's in the network, you know. And so they call her all the time. Um, she got she. I, I met with her on Sunday, and last week alone, she had seventeen calls from DCS asking her to take a foster placement. Wow, seventeen. You just can't say yes to all of those. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Yeah. You can't. Wow. What and a, so, yeah, I mean, challenge. Yeah. it's a crisis because there's a huge number of kids needing foster care, needing adoption also, for sure. Right. Um, but then the other side of the crisis is that just fostering is just really hard. Um, I'll tell you a story. One of our families, they had a heart to love on kids. They had a heart for fostering a young couple. They didn't have any kids. You know, they both were working parents or, you know, working uh, adults did all the foster training, everything happened. And, um, they were on the wait list waiting to get the phone call. Yeah. And so DCS called at 5 AM and said, Hey, we have two kids that are available for you. Or would you take them? Will you foster them? And they said, yes. Two hours later, 
Oh, wow. At 7 a.m. that same day, yeah. both of those kids, a six, uh, I think six-month-old and six-year-old, were at their doorstep, wow. and they didn't have a car seat. They didn't have a bottle. They didn't have formula. They didn't have a change of clothes. Yeah. They didn't have anything. And so, like, just that kind of shock value, but then, you know, Foster families really struggle for support. I mean, fostering is tough anyway. We say, when a family comes to me and says, hey, I want to foster, I say, are you crazy? <laughs> um, because we think fostering is crazy, but I think it's the best kind of crazy, if that yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. I love that new, uh, it's fairly recent contemporary Christian song, Crazy People. Yeah. Uh, we need more yeah, crazy sure. people, don't we? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of it, like crazy people, we there was another family that we've worked with and Similar situation, young couple without kids, had a heart for fostering, went through all the training, and DCS called them and said, hey, we have a sibling set of four boys, all <laughs> under the age of eight. Oh, my goodness. Will you take them? And because they're crazy, they <laughs> said yes. Yeah, yeah. They did. They said yes. <laughs> and then DCS called them two weeks later and said, oops, sorry, we have a fifth sibling, an infant. Will you take him? And you know what that family said? They said yes. Crazy said, people. Yeah. So instantly we were like, okay, you need shoes and you need <laughs> pants and you need, you know, yeah. outdoor toys and you need, every, you know, like instantly yeah. it's like you need everything. Everything. Yeah. And, and what an age span too, to try to cover the different needs for all those different ages. For sure. Yeah. And the biggest thing, like, so why fostering is a crisis? Like there's a huge number, there's a huge need, um, and then just the process of fostering is really difficult. I mean, it's challenging. A lot of these kids have trauma. A lot of, you know what I'm saying? It's tough. Yeah. But, and, and for all those reasons, um, 90% of foster families quit in their first year. Wow. 90%. 90%. And so imagine the turnover of kids in that system of how much they get moved around yeah. and how much it changes. And primarily it's because those foster families don't have support systems. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. That's got to be the biggest gap that I think the church could respond to. Yes. Both sure. both par the parents themselves, fostering themselves, but supporting foster families. Yeah. Uh, being that, that link that can jump in quickly and have the resources available immediately. Uh, not just the physical resources, but the emotional, uh, spiritual encouragement oh, yeah. and support as well. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, so like if you're interested in fostering or adopting, like I could point to a couple, a couple of things that you can do for sure. And, and your church can do, uh, one is I would say, just educate yourself on the need. Like, I'm not sure when I said, this is a crisis, you really registered, Hey, this is a real crisis. Yeah. Like, like you would with a real crisis, you know, like, yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> just saying it's a crisis. No, like really educate yourself on the need. And I would say in the last three years, that's been a big part of our church is just learning how deep these needs go. And, and so you can educate yourself by talking to adoptive families or foster families, uh, reaching out to some of the organizations that we work with are Williamson County Foster and Adoption, Tennessee Baptist Children's Home. In fact, uh, Tennessee Baptist Children's Home is doing eight trainings for prospective and potential foster and adoptive parents at our campus this fall. Great. And they said, hey, can we, yeah. we want to do these trainings. Can we do it? And we said, yes. And we'll provide food and we'll provide childcare. Like 
a little bit of our position as a church right now is just to say, if foster ask us or foster or adoptive families ask us, we say yes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff, you know what it's like in ministry. There's a lot of stuff that we, we can't say yes to right? because we just can't say it, say yes to everything. But yeah. fostering is one that we've made the decision as a church yeah. to say yes to. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, and, and certainly if, if we've got families interested in that training, uh, we can try to get that information and get it. Uh, we'll post it on our Facebook page and sure. uh, website and things like that. So you can share that with us and we'll get that out uh, to help out with getting some people there that might want to go through that training. So one of the one of the, the groups that really helped us uh, increase our foster knowledge, our adoption knowledge, was Tennessee Kids Belong. Right, All right. I've so, seen that. Yes. So Tennessee Kids Belong um, came to our church. They spoke at our church, and they did trainings at our church. They do free trainings, um, and they even do like trauma informed training, which is part of a process of going through understanding where these kids come from and how to relate to them. Um, and so one of the things. Uh, just speaking about support, um, one of the things that Tennessee Kids Belong teaches you, will teach your church is how to create a rap team. All right, so I told you the story of the young couple at our church that had two kids on their doorstep in two hours. Right. So our church was already prepared to have a rap team that literally just wraps around foster families. Okay, I thought you meant you know, musical. Oh, rap yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, all right. No, no, no. I didn't know how that W-R-A-P. related. W-R-A-P. So. <laughs> okay. W-R-A-P. Yeah. Uh, and so that family, uh, received those two foster kids at 7 a.m. Within 24 hours, they had everything they needed. Wow. That's the kind of response you need. Yes. They have a team. Their team is maybe 15 or 20 people. And those 15 or 20 people are on call 24 hours a day. Yeah. And maybe they mow grass or maybe they fix meals or maybe they do respite care or maybe they, uh, provide transportation, it's anything that couple needs. They have a team on call for them at all times. And I think, honestly, like, I can't imagine how foster families or adoptive families do it without, like, a support system like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the more we can have in place like that, the less dropout rate we're going to have for those, you know, 90% that quit in the first year. Yeah. Uh, if they yeah. don't have that, I can see that rate staying at 90%. But if you put that that element in place for them, I think we could reduce that dropout rate uh, dramatically. Sure. Yeah. And what I would say is, like, I mean, the number one need is we need families who are willing to adopt and we need families who are willing to foster um, sincerely. I mean, that is the, yeah. that is we need more families. And I know you mentioned adoption. So Tennessee Kids Belong, they do adoptions for sure. And they have 350 videos of kids on their website who are available for adoption today. Wow. Yeah. Like it will, like when we adopted, you know, there's kind of this process of like at some point you, you do choose, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's the book of kids waiting to be adopted or with Tennessee Kids Belong. It's like, here's a page of videos of every single one. And my wife and I, we were like, I don't want to watch just the first one. I just want to take the first one. I don't want to look through. But you can. They have 350 kids on their website. You can scroll through pages of kids who are waiting to be adopted right now. Yeah. Right now. Uh, That's Tennessee Kids Belong. Yeah. TN Kids Belong. TN Kids Belong. Yeah, I I would uh, be very interested in uh going and looking at uh, again i'm like you 
to go through those videos might be really heart wrenching and hard. Oh, it to, is right, but uh, it's good for people to see at least see that that's there, be exposed to that, and realize just on that one side alone, three hundred and fifty kids waiting to be adopted. For sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's yeah. part of increasing our our knowledge, our yeah. education about how big of a need this really is. And fostering is really temporary where adoption is kind of, we think of it more permanent and some foster to adopt, but any, and, and sometimes maybe you've, you've heard of foster parents that, that do end up adopting, but I, anybody that comes to me and asks, Hey, we're interested in fostering. I say, okay, you need to be prepared for this to be temporary. Yeah, you really do. And they always say the same thing. Well, what if I fall in love with this kid, these kids? Well, like we, we want you to fall in love with them. It's sure. still temporary. Yeah. And so it's one of those, like we talk about like, um, quality over quantity, like that, that quality time, however, whatever amount of time that is. Yeah. And it's going to break your heart when that kid is reunified with their parents, which is the ultimate goal That's of fostering. Goal. Right. Uh, it's going to break your heart, but man, what an awesome, like God honoring season yeah. you had with that, with that child. Absolutely. Like, what can be more impactful than that? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Don't ever underestimate, even if it's a short time, the impact of that short time. If you do it well, you you're you're representing God well, the love of the hands and feet of Jesus well to that child when they haven't had that and they they're there's such a void there in their lives where they need that. The impact could be immeasurable for eternity, really. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So like I would say you get involved by increasing your education. You get involved by uh, fostering or adopting, just signing up. Hey, sign me up for this. Or even go into some of those interest meetings or trainings, which I can be happy to give you tons of links to that stuff. Right. Um, but it, even if you're not willing to foster or adopt, join a rap team. Man, just be a person. That, hey, I can take a meal once a week. Or, hey, I can mow grass. Or, hey, I can be wrap around, find, look in your neighborhood. Who are the people fostering and adopting in your neighborhood? And just go, yeah. hey, I just want to be a support for you. Yeah. How can I be a support for you? And so there's really tangible ways. Uh, I was going to mention also becoming a mentor. All right. Yeah. So in our state, we have over a thousand kids that age out of the foster system every single year. And these kids are uh, the most at risk kids we have in our state. Uh, they're a huge at risk for abuse or addiction or poverty or uh, incarceration, but they're also the highest risk category for human trafficking. Oh, and so these kids that age out of the foster system, um, they need people who can just sit down with them, buy them a $5 coffee and just talk to them about their life, about choices, about decisions, because they don't have that, you know? Yeah. And so right. just, Hey, I can mentor a kid one hour, you know, twice a month. You know, yeah. that, that would make a huge difference in a, in a young person's life. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope our listeners are getting this. There, there are so many different ways that you could help here. You, you can make an impact uh, from mentoring uh, a couple of times a month to, to being on a rap team to possibly considering uh, fostering children in your home or possibly looking at a long-term adoption process. Any and all of those things and everything in between, we need more people who see this crisis and yeah, respond sure. in a Christ-like way. And uh, I really believe I'm so thankful that Aspen Grove has, has stepped up so much in this area. This is being the hands and feet of Jesus. This is really what it's about. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, and these kids, they, they, there's such a need there. And 
here, the thing about most of these kids is they 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 are at the mercy of the system. They don't have any way of doing this sure. themselves. They they've got to have help. And through no fault of their own. Right. No yeah. fault of their own. Yeah. For sure. It it is it is a it is a crisis, but it's a very tangible crisis. Yeah. You know, like there there are ways that you can serve that are very hands on. But of course, I would mention to you, you know, you can you can just donate. You can support one of the one of the organi- organizations I was going to mention is called Love on Wheels. All right, so uh, think back to that that couple that had two kids on their doorstep with nothing. So Love on Wheels makes suitcases of all the supplies for kids by age group and by sex oh yeah that are available at a moment's notice wow so all but all of those supplies from pajamas to i don't know formula to all the things that a kid like they have suitcases for 2-year-old girls and 2-year-old boys and 15-year-old girls and 15-year-old boys that yeah. when those moments when they are when they do receive a placement yeah. and show up with nothing hey here's a suitcase of everything you need right away. And so, and all of their supplies are all donated. It's, and it's free to foster families. It's free to, yeah, to adopt a family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So again, one more option of a way you could help out, you could make an impact, you can make a difference there. It's just by donating those specific items that they need for those different age groups, for those suitcases that they're packing and, and delivering there. Uh, so Adam, before you leave today, we'll try to get some of that, or you could, when you sure. get back to your office, you could send us more of those links yeah, and information as we share this, uh, podcast out there we're going to put those some of those links in there uh, in the notes and everything we'll try to get that out there with this man. that's great that's i know great. we could you know two pastors like we said earlier <laughs> we could talk for a lot longer uh and uh you've got plenty more you could tell us i know but uh what would you say for our listeners right now just one quick thing at the very end here before i let you go uh, if they're thinking about first steps What's the most important? I, I know prayer obviously is powerful. We need to be praying sure. about this need, but practical first steps. If somebody has interest here, uh, what's the best you think first step they could take to move forward? So I would say talk to somebody who is adopted or talk to, so talk to an adoptive parent or talk to a foster parent. Um, and then uh, those people will probably be able to connect you with one of these like interest meetings, like yeah. Tennessee Baptist Children's Home are doing or, Tennessee, uh, even Tennessee Kids Belong, if you go on their website, there's tons of here. There's a whole schedule of meetings that they're doing, including trainings and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So that's right. that's the first step kind of kind yeah. of into the into the process for sure. Yeah, I'd say those informational meetings would be a yeah. really, really effective first step to take. Yeah. Well, man, I want to thank you for sharing with us today. I know this is really on your heart, yeah. and that's why I invited you to, to come and be a part of this because I wanted to get more of the word out there, too. Uh, I want our church to respond in a better way, a more effective way. Uh, and I want all churches and all uh, Christ followers around the country, we should be, in my opinion, leading the way on this uh, for the world to see uh, how the love of Christ is being lived out through the church in this practical way. So thanks for sharing thanks. that information. I was just say that, you know, half a million kids in our nation in the foster system they say if every church had a family that would foster two or two families that would foster, there would be no kids in foster care. Think how that would change the landscape wow. of our country. Yeah. Think how that would that would glorify God. And so like what we say at Asper Grow, I've told you when foster asks, we say yes. But our the thing that we 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 keep saying is at Aspen Grove, at our church, we foster care. 
And I think you guys should too. Yeah. I think you should too. Man, me too. Thank you for sharing that, Adam. Before we go today, I wanted to update you on a few things we've got going on here at Lakeshore already. Uh, this month, we're partnering with Thrift Smart for a fall clothing drive. They're going to have their truck here at the Antioch campus on Sunday, September the 25th to pick up donations from both of our campuses. We love our partnership with Thrift Smart. Uh, they are an organization. You can go to their website, thriftsmart.com, and get more information. But what they do is they have a thrift store over on Nolensville Road near the zoo here in Nashville, and they sell their clothing and items there in the store at a greatly reduced rate, of course, that were donated. But the profits they get from that, they reinvest in missions uh, here in the U.S. and around the world. And you can go to the website and find out more about that. But with our partnership with them, they take another step. Uh, they, they weigh our donations, and then based on the weight of what we've donated, they give us back gift cards that we can use here locally. So when we have an individual or family come and say, hey, I need some clothes, I've got a job interview, I've got uh, kids that need some clothes for school, we can give them gift cards that they can take to Thrift Smart and shop there and uh, we can provide for their needs that way. So it's a great partnership. So be collecting any clothes that you can donate, uh, and shoes as well. They take shoes and clothing items uh, and some small household items as well. Uh, Plan to bring them to either campus on that September the 25th, that Sunday, and we'll have the truck pick those up and take them up to their store. We also have uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, another life group leader training at 630 at our Smyrna campus. If you missed the one here at the Antioch campus this past Sunday, you can attend this one tonight down at the Smyrna campus. We're always looking to train and equip more life group leaders. Uh, Life groups are a central part of our ministry and uh, how we function as a church here at Lakeshore. So we would love for you, if you've got an interest in that, to show up for that meeting tonight there. We have a couple of retreats coming up uh, in September out at White Mills Christian Camp. There's a ladies' retreat September the 16th and 17th, a men's retreat September 23rd and 24th. Uh, you can register for either of those retreats on our website at lakeshorechristian.com or on our kiosk if you're at our campus on Sundays. The kiosk in the lobby there have the link there for you to sign up for those retreats. We're also partnering with the Red Cross to do a blood drive here at the Antioch campus on September the 20th. They're always uh, in need of more donations there. It truly can save a life when you donate blood. So if you are uh, in a position to be able to donate blood health-wise, we want you to sign up for your appointed time that you can do, again, through our website. It'll link you to the Red Cross site there to get the appointment time for you to come and donate blood on September the 20th. This coming Sunday, September the 4th, we begin a brand new message series called Legacy. It's a study of the life of Joseph. I would encourage you to start reading about his life and legacy in Genesis chapter 37. That's where that would start. We'll begin there this coming Sunday. Mike Swartz, our Smyrna campus pastor, and I work together on this series, and we're going to co-teach this series. I'll be doing the first one this coming Sunday. Uh, Swartz is going to be... uh, presenting two of those lessons, and then I'll be presenting the final one at the end of the series. So we want you to be there for all of these messages. I know this coming weekend is Labor Day weekend. A lot of you are probably going to be traveling, uh, but you can still catch us online. Our live stream is at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and then it's posted for you to view anytime after that. There there are about 14 chapters in Genesis that, that mention Joseph and his life and the interaction that he had. Uh, with God working through circumstances in his life. And one of the things that really impresses me most about the legacy of Joseph is this. There's not a single flagrant sin on the record in all of those chapters of Genesis in his life. It doesn't mean he was perfect. It doesn't mean he never messed up. But man, what a legacy. 
to to have gone through everything he went through without really having a flagrant sin that really brought shame or disgrace to him or his family or to the name of God in the world. So we can learn from that legacy to establish a legacy ourselves. It uh, doesn't mean, again, that you ought to be perfect to have the legacy God wants you to have, but but we can do better in, uh, in establishing that kind of legacy that people down the road throughout history could look back at our lives. And we're, there's a difference between legacy and legend. We're not trying to become a legend. We're trying to establish a legacy of faithfulness and love and compassion and impact for the kingdom. And all of us can learn to do a better job with that. And learning from the life of Joseph is one of the best ways to do that. So we encourage you to come and be with us. Invite family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and join us as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thanks for joining us today.